if I can help somebody, you know, who just had an awful day, they show up to my dance genie class and for an hour, like it changes their day or whatever. Like that's why I keep doing it because now it becomes a bigger responsibility, not towards just like, oh, I want to promote hip hop culture and I want to make sure that everybody knows, you know, about the history of African Barbada, went to Africa, no, 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 right? But more importantly, that I could like completely change your day for an hour and then going forward. Welcome back to the Turn Yourself Up podcast. I'm Jessica Watson, transformation coach, and I'm so excited to be bringing you today the first recorded interview of my return to podcasting. And of course, if you can hear something in the background, my dog Layla is here with me as well. As always, she is chewing or bouncing or knocking over my microphone, doing something right next to it. So can't get rid of her, so can't beat him, join him, right? Um, Today's guest is so charismatic and upbeat. He was the perfect choice to kick off these new conversations. Recording this interview reminded me how much I really enjoy creating these interviews, and I hope you enjoy listening to them just as much. Eugene Buffot, known in the hip-hop community as Genie, is a freestyle dancer born and raised in Montreal, Quebec. He has been training in the field of hip-hop for over a decade, teaching, choreographing, and directing at a professional level over the past nine years. Jeannie is the artistic director of the independent hip-hop company BOSS Dance Team, built on self-success, and the head hip-hop instructor with Canada's Royal Winnipeg Ballet. So please welcome and enjoy this interview with Jeannie. Today our special guest is Jeannie Buffo. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, yeah, Buffo, yeah. Buffo, okay. It could be Buffo, Baffo. Baffo? Whichever the one you say first is the correct one. Okay. (laughs) I usually ask first, and then I forgot. Yeah, Um, no, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, and and so I came across you dancing in your class. And um, so Jeannie is a hip-hop instructor, but also a community builder here in Winnipeg. Um, in terms of uh, dance and hip-hop, and then also involved in film, it yeah. seems like. You've got a couple different film projects on yeah, the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing writing. some acting and then also uh, making my first documentary right now. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have you here today. Um, I asked to interview because I just really admire... Um, first of all, I loved going to your class, and so did my friend that I went with. We were always excited to go, and we were always like just super happy after leaving the class i'm glad i'm really glad yeah Yeah. and like and so much of that is not just because dancing itself is fun but you made it fun and inclusive and and you made people felt feel comfortable in their Mm. skin dancing thank you i appreciate it (laughs) yeah and so i wanted to um talk to you about that and talk to you about dance and Mm. what that's brought to your life and yeah cool Yeah. yeah yeah no let's do it um so yeah, I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec. Uh, born and raised in Montreal, bilingual. Uh, my parents are from Ghana, West Africa. Right, so um, kind of the arts and and culture and dance is kind of just like in my community as as Africans. We just kind of dance, <laughs> right? Um, but I moved to Winnipeg in 2006 because my dad got his doctorate degree in social work, and he's like, "All right, we're moving to Winnipeg." And I was like, "What is that? I've never heard of that in my <laughs> life, right?" So I got here and then I was lucky enough to just kind of just meet people, meet people. But the way I kind of started up in dance in Montreal was my big sister was actually a dancer, right? So uh, I was dragged out to one of her recitals one year when I was like 12 and uh, I was just like blown away, right? Like at the end of the show, like she got like this big standing ovation in her solo and I was like, 
I want a standing ovation someday, <laughs> right? I was like super jealous as an 11 year old, like I want attention. Anyways, right? So yeah. I went home and I was like, uh, I was like, hey man, like teach me everything you know, right? And she's like, well, we'll see if you're serious about it. She like totally Mr. Miyagi'd me kind of thing, right? She's like, I'm gonna give you one move and you gotta get it in two weeks. She gave me a moonwalk to, to kind of okay. learn. And it took me like two and a half months to get it, right? But uh, she saw through the work ethic and then I was really passionate about it. So she taught me more and um, and that's how I kind of got into it. And then when I got to Winnipeg, I just met some people uh, in high school, started a crew in high school called Hall of Fame because we were convinced that we were going to be the greatest dancers to ever be at Glenlong Collegiate in Sabatel. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and later on, I uh, just got started teaching with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. That was one of my first like real big teaching gigs. And then that let the adults that I started teaching at the RWB were like, you should start your own thing. Like, we want to take more of your classes. We want it to be like your own thing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they kind of helped me start Dance with Genie, which was the adult class that came up last year, right? So I uh, started my own adult classes where I kind of just go there and I kind of control the whole program and kind of do it the way I want to do it and uh, have a little like, you know, like women in like their 30s and 40s being my little assistants and stuff and all that. And shout out to Catherine Delakey. And uh, yeah, now here we are. So. Awesome. <laughs> and how does... Um how does film fit into that? So acting is something that is is uh, new in my artistic journey. Um, I, I I didn't you know take drama or anything in, in high school, but I was doing the morning announcements every year when I was at Glenlon, and I was just like going in there and just like hosting, <laughs> like being like, "Yo, what's up, everybody? It's the morning at the school kind of thing, right?" So the drama teacher kind of pulled me in when they were having auditions for Aladdin for the play that year. And she's like, you need to audition. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I went in there and did whatever. And I was like, okay, that was the end of it. And then like a week later, I was told that I was going to be in the play and I was going to be playing Aladdin's mother. <laughs> and I was like, Aladdin doesn't have a mom. She's like, yeah, Disney just cut her from the show kind of thing. And I was like, okay. So I played it and I just kind of fell in love with acting from there and um, got scouted out by Rebecca Gibson at the Academy of Acting. I got to do a couple of shows like Rent and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And uh, that kind of led to some films. Um, some films that were just happened to be shooting in Winnipeg for the last couple of years. I got to be a featured dancer in a movie called Brave Town. That's on Netflix right now. I'm in like the first like 15 minutes just kind of battling. Brave Town? Brave Town, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Josh Demel is in it. He's the, the leader of the of the army in all the Transformers movies. Right? Okay. <laughs> He's in it. Um, so yeah, and then it's, just, it's kind of something I'm, I'm like pursuing at the same time as, as teaching dance, right? My, my goal is to kind of just like eventually just be doing my personal adult classes and just kind of doing film, right? So, and it's, it's been going pretty well. I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to book uh, several gigs over the last like year or two that I've really fully went into it. And it's just a great environment. And like just being on set with like so much going on, it's just like, it's it's super energetic. And I just like kind of love being there. And acting is super fun too, right? To explore characters and all that, so. Mm-hmm. Cool, so is there, like, is there similarities between the two that you feel like for performing? For me, there's there's kind of two sides to it. There's there's a similarity in the fact that like I I just like to perform, right? Like when I'm yeah. teaching my classes, like it's like half actually teaching them the style and half just performing and having a good time, right? Like and just being energetic. So um, so that's kind of the same as acting where I'm I'm performing, I'm putting on you know a, kind of a little bit of a show, but it's it's a lot more tamed. Like I can't yell and scream and all that, right? Like these characters are very specific, right? Yeah. Um, but it's different in the way that like. In acting, of course, because I'm also just kind of starting out with a couple of films and shows here and there, um, I'm kind of relearning from scratch a certain artistic medium, right? So, like, 
it's kind of like I go into the dance world and I'm like a somebody, right? And I'm like genie or whatever. And then I go into the acting world and they're just like, hey, do this and do this. Like I'm just kind of being tossed around, right? So it's 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 good for me personally to just have that balance of like on one side being like having a lot of responsibility and being the guy out here. And then on the other side, just like having to take a lot of orders and mm-hmm. and being told like, yeah, no, what you just did, that was not it. Let's try it again, right? Like, so it's like, it's cool to learn, right? So uh, for me, just that balance in life of not constantly being like, you know, thinking I'm like on top of the world, right? I need something to kind of bring me back down over and over again, keep my mm-hmm. my head level, and um, the film world will will humble you very quickly, <laughs> right? Like you think you're think you think you're somebody. Wait till you meet the director, right? Like uh, so, yeah, those those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And now you're directing your own documentary, or yeah. So that's something that came up this last year. Um, I've I, I I've been a member of the Winnipeg Hip Hop community since two thousand uh, since two thousand eleven when Boss began my my company that I currently direct. Uh, a girl named Jen Jonasson had an idea to start a team, and she came up to me and was like, "Can you help me start this crew?" Right. Uh, so we were doing Boss for a couple years, and that's what got me introduced to like the entire Winnipeg Hip Hop scene. And as a freestyle hip hop dancer myself. Um, Boss is a choreography team, but I'm a freestyler that also battles. So like I have both of those worlds, right? Because the choreography world and the freestyle world are kind of separate, right? It's like okay. it's different events, different things, right? Right. So but, choreography meaning like it's planned out. Yeah. It's they're, they're, so the teams create yeah. a routine and yeah. then they go and perform that. Where in battles, it's like you just show up, you and your lonesome, and the DJ plays a song that you have no idea what it's right. going to be, and you just you just go out there and do your thing, and hopefully you win. And if you lose, you go home, and if you win, you stay. Right, kind of yeah. thing, right? So, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have both worlds in my in my in my dancing life. Um, so that that gets that got me really aware of like the entire scene, right? And I'm knowing everybody in both worlds, right? And I've just been fascinated by it, like the the community here in Winnipeg, and I'm also like I've been to Vancouver. I know the Vancouver scene, the Toronto scene, the Montreal scene, the Edmonton scene, but something really special happened here in Winnipeg, right? For a small city, kind of in the middle of nowhere, like to have the teams and the talent that we have here is just incredible, and I I want everybody to know that. Like just actually recently, one of the teams from Winnipeg just got first place at Canadian Hip Hop Dance Championships. Wow. So and that's like the Olympics of hip hop choreography dance. So like the number one team in Canada for choreography is right here from Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. And those are things that I want like the whole country to know. I want the whole world to know the, the history of this city and what happened here. And that's what the movie's well, about, the city right? should know, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, the city itself. Because even yeah. when we had, like I, we, I, we threw an event at the, the exchange literally like a couple weeks ago, like Canada weekend, Canada weekend. And um, I threw a battle. So a whole bunch of B-boys and B-girls were there and, and, and hip hop freestylers. And some guy kills me. He's like, Cause like it was a it was a music festival, so there's people from all over the country that came in to perform, and there's these dancers. And this guy comes to me, he's like, "Yo, man, like, do you guys like fly these people in, right?" I'm like, no, Jason lives down the street, right? Yeah. He's like, "They're all from Winnipeg. I didn't even know." And it's like, this has been here for almost like 15 years, and people still don't know that this here in their own city, right? So the movie is called Our Scene, the movie. Right? It's yeah. just the movie of our scene, right? And um, yeah, so I kind of took up this project because I, I I wanted to tell the story of this scene for everybody inside the community and outside the community to also know about it and 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 be as much of a fanatic and a fan of it as i am and like even if i'm in it i'm I'm a part of it i'm competing with it like i'm i'm still super fascinated by everybody so we conducted like just under 40 interviews with uh members of the community the leaders teachers choreographers and uh we have like over 400 hours of dance footage from all the way from like 1984 up until like last week (laughs) right um and it's all gonna come come it's all get edited together it's just me and my videographer and editor kwan and it's gonna edit it again to a 90 minute film of just like 20 years of history of, of how we got to where we are now, right? So wow. yeah, that's gonna be July 28th at the Winnipeg Art Gallery. Um, screening starts at seven. And uh, yeah, just super excited to, 
first of all, get this film done because we're still working on it, <laughs> right? But uh, but once it's done, like even what we've seen so far, like it's 90 minutes. We have about 45 minutes of it done. Okay. And I'm already crying, like <laughs> right, like it's already like super incredible, and these stories are super touching, and uh, and to see what people had to sacrifice, what they had to do, the conditions that they underwent to get to where we are, it's just incredible, right? And. Um, I was going to do it without having to be interviewed. I wasn't going to be in it at all. And people were just like, no, you can't not yeah. be in it. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> remember my crew just like interviewed me and asked me questions. And then it's weird having to edit myself into the film. right? Yeah. And like, so, uh, so yeah, Saturday, July 28th at the WAG, the doors will open at 630 and we'll screen it about uh, 7, 7, 15. Okay. Yeah. And where can people get tickets? You can get tickets online. You can actually go to eventbrite.com and just type in our seeing the movie and it's okay. right there. Yeah. Um, I'll put a link in the, yeah, for sure. the show notes. Yeah. And then you can also just buy them at the door as well, right? But uh, there's 319 seats, and the the community itself is about 275 people. So, like, (laughs) just get your tickets now kind of thing, right? So, because I don't don't know how it's going to go, right? So, uh, on on one end, like, the show could easily sell out by next week. And on one end, I'm just like, I really hope people show up, (laughs) right? Like, uh, because, yeah, I think yeah, I, I believe, really believe. last minute. I feel they like really are. And, like, as an event planner, you're kind of like, yeah, I can't really run events like those guys, right? But, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been, I've been running events since, like, 2009, uh, even back when I was in high school. And it's all, it's always that. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you start planning it two, three months in advance. And it's, like, crickets out there until, like, four days before. People are just like, we're going to get tickets. And I'm like, I've been talking to you about this for five <laughs> months, right? Like, but uh, that's, that's just Winnipeg for you. That's just Winnipeg nature and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's the plan? Do you have a plan for it after the event? Uh, right now we're in talks with CBC on kind of cutting it up into like five minute episodes of specific okay. stories, right? Like when we, when we initially went to them to pitch them the film, they were kind of like, well, first of all, the network doesn't carry feature, feature film documentaries anymore. Like the most they'll carry is 20 minutes. And we're just like, uh, there's no way we can fit this into 20 minutes. They're like, okay, well let's do little episodes, right? Because uh, John Serla, who's one of our like OGs, which means like original gangsters, which means like just someone who was around for a long time. He told us this incredible story about how like back in the day in the nineties when like, you know, you, you were on like a break, a break dance crew or a b-boy crew, like they would just go to Garden City Mall and just battle there, right? Like they'd show up and they'd see a person and be like, oh, they're here, like we gotta, we gotta throw it down. And they'd go and get like cardboard from like the back of Sears yeah. and just lay it out and just battle each other until like security came and broke it up or whatever, right? And like that just, like he was like, that happened constantly. Like I'd be in, I'd be in the Garden City Mall just kind of shopping they're just like, yo, Hydro crew's here, and we just knew we're going outside now, right? Like, yeah. they're here, right? So, stories like that, we're going to break it up into smaller episodes. But a full screening of it, we'll do, like, um, obviously, lower-scale um, lower screenings of it at, um, you know, like, the Park Theater and things like that, like, over the next year, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, just for anyone that doesn't know, because probably a lot of people don't know. So, the battles, because you said, like, like people would just show up and... and see each other and start battling mm-hmm. but it's all like like friendly like dance battle right? <laughs> like, is um, there gang history in it or well i mean if we're going way back hip-hop culture and hip- specifically hip-hop dance culture does come from gang culture right yeah. like the history of uh, like a part of the history of, of hip-hop is that a guy named africa mabata from new york he was part of a gang right and then he went to africa and he was chilling with a with a um, a tribe called the Zulu Zulu tribe, right? Okay. And um, uh, he tells a story how, about how um, you know one of the leaders of the Zulu tribe was like, you know, all that gang stuff you guys are doing, like, that's gonna get you killed, right? Like, it's you know, it's not benefiting you in any way. Like, you think you're all repping your street, but like, the street doesn't care about you, like, <laughs> kind of thing, right? 
Um, so he just kind of convinced them that, yeah, like maybe this gang stuff is, is dumb. So he went back to New York and he convinced his whole crew, like, no, like we're wow. not, we're not gangbanging anymore. We're going to like DJ and dance and do graffiti and do poetry and gang culture like died in like the mid seventies because of him. Right. So now all of a sudden, all these people who were like, you know, doing gang culture were now just like B-boys and B-girls and just dancing. Right. So that's an amazing shift. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so the stories going into like, even the nineties was like, yeah, like your crew was basically your gang because that's kind of where the culture came from, right? So in battles, it can get pretty heated, especially if it's like a specific crew against a specific crew. Like if we don't really know each other or we're trying to like rep the same city kind of thing, right? In Winnipeg, it doesn't really happen that often, right? Like like in one-on-one, like like in B-boy battles or B-boy, B-girl battles, there could be a moment where it's like, they just get so into it. Like the passion is just so high, right? And like, you know, there's the slightest move that's kind of a diss or whatever, right? Like then yeah like the battle is heated but as soon as like the battle ends and the music is over then it's like ah bring it in and out right <laughs> so it's completely like in the moment with these battles like yeah like as soon as the song's on like again it's like perform like their character just shifts they're just like in the zone and it's like i'm i'm, I'm out to end you right and then dj goes songs over the host goes all right that was no make some noise and everybody just hugs and that's that right um but being in the battle specifically like the quality and the intensity is there as even an entertainment value right because yeah, you want to win, right? Like your your name, your name in hip hop, and your and your your crew. It's it's everything, right? It's your reputation. It's it's what you set your life on, right? So you can't go out there and get smoked, right? Like, and if you do it, you want to make sure it's not that bad, right? So, yeah. So how do you get in the zone then? Like, how do you get that? I guess that much confidence in yourself to like mm-hmm. go out and battle and yeah. bring it and. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've been battling now for about for. Uh, eight years in Winnipeg and and freestyling and all that before that for me personally like it's kind of a difficult question to answer because it just it just happens like first of all you you showed up right like you came right and then and then your name's called and then your heart jumps because you're like maybe this was a bad idea right like then you get on stage and then the music hits you and there's just it's just this feeling like your your breath your your breath changes your heart rate speeds up or slows down and you just like you enter this space right and it's not like for me so basically what i'm trying to say is like i don't go three two one zone right like you're just in it and then you freestyle and you dance and then you're out of it and you're like what just happened (laughs) right like you know i'll go out there and i'll do my thing and then i see footage after and i'm like did i really do that (laughs) like sometimes it's great i'm like wow i pulled out sometimes it's horrible and i'm like yeah i probably should have done that (laughs) right like um but yeah just like it's an in the moment thing and that's why we like like I love it so much why we love it so much because for that for those 30 to 45 seconds it's like you're just you're somewhere else you know and you're just like you're either in your own head or you're just like in this space you're you're having an exchange what we call it with the with the other dancer whether it's you know positive or negative or whatever it is but it's just like it's an unexplicable like feeling it's an out of body experience and the and the adrenaline the adrenaline plus the passion that you have plus the fact that you actually like the music right and you like the environment it just automatically takes you somewhere else and then suddenly like whoa oh yeah i know this move and this move and whatever comes to mind in the moment and then it's crazy like the music shuts off and you're just like okay i'm back <laughs> right like and that's that's just what happens every single time so yeah cool yeah like i'm very interested in like because it's kind of like flow right like mm-hmm. just getting into a state where I don't know, you feel at one with whatever is happening, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Like, you're yeah. not really deciding what to do. It's just happening. No, no. I mean, like, for us, like, 
we all have our signature moves kind of thing, right? Like, and, it, and because Winnipeg is a smaller community, um, we all know each other and we almost all know each other's signature moves. The point is to not get smoked by it, right? And <laughs> not have it affect you and, and hurt you yeah. that bad. But like, everybody knows what my signature moves are. So like, I'll know, like the only thing I plan is to know that I have them in case things are going wrong in the battle. I need to like get the crowd back on my side kind of thing, right? Um, but everything else is just like, it's just, spontaneous movement and I mean you have your skill set and your your body just starts shooting in directions based on what you're trying to say at the moment um, how you want to make the audience feel if there's judges how you want to convince them that the other person in front of you should not be given the award here kind of thing right so um, there's 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 decision making that goes into freestyling and battling but I would it's kind of half and half it's like half this is what I'm going to do now and the other half is like oh yeah, okay this is happening right now kind of thing right yeah. so just depends which 50% you currently are in, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, something you just said kind of reminded me of um, what I was thinking about questions. Uh, and the question I wrote down was like, what can you what can you tell about someone by the way they dance? Like, and almost feeling like, like there's a communication there mm -hmm. to it because you, you yeah. just kind of said, what do you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through your dancing. Yeah. At the end of the dance, uh, at the end of the dance, <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> dance is is a language, right? It's a it's a method of creative expression and a release of creative expression without having to talk. That's what we're trying to do, right? Like all this talking we're doing right now, like it's not necessary, right? Like I could, I everything I've said on this podcast so far, I could get up and like say some of it through movement, and that's beautiful, right? Um, so, sorry, what was the question again? I forgot. <laughs> uh, like just about communication and dance. And, oh, what can you and tell like, about somebody, right? Yeah, sorry, okay. <laughs> just slow yeah. mind, right? Um, something that I always like to say is like when I'm teaching my students about this culture and about freestyling and teaching them specific moves so they can kind of put them into sentences to kind of do what what the culture demands you doing which is freestyling I'm always like listen you can watch a hip-hop dancer like a professional hip-hop dancer whether it's myself or anybody else and you can be like wow like like you can you can let your mind say what they're doing is so complicated and it looks so complex and it looks like just things that you need 40 years to learn and all this right and it's good. You can be impressed by it and it looks good and it's great. But there's also times, and I always ask them, like, when you're at a social and you're at a wedding or whatever, and there's the dance portion, the DJ's playing, like, Shania Twain or something, right? And you just see somebody on the dance floor, like, just bouncing around. And you, like, you can tell they don't have any professional skill, but for some reason, you're happy, right? Yeah. For some reason, you're looking at them with little to no, like knowledge of dance or skill and you're you're still drawn to them you're still like you're still like yeah i want to dance with you even though you're not the greatest dancer right yeah and that's the power of dance right it's like you know when it comes to things like chemistry or physics it's like we have to speak the same language right like you have to know my level of 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 uh you know star galactic physical knowledge kind of thing where in dance it's like if you're bouncing and nodding your head, I'm with you immediately, right? And that's something that is also like, to me, almost inexplicable. It's like, what about it makes it that even if you have all the skill in the world, I can vibe with you. And if you have minimal to none, mm -hmm. I'm still on the same page with you, right? So what I can tell about watching so many dances is their current feeling, right? Um, or even sometimes it's like what they're going on. Like if, if you're watching like battles or, or a, a hip hop dancer freestyle, it's like, it's who they are. It's it's what they've been through. It's it's their experience in life. It's where they've come from, where they are, where they're going, right? Like 
at the end of the day, what we're trying to really do, whether it's in a you know a real intense battle or a class, is, is trying to tell a story, even in the routines, right? It's mm-hmm. hopefully storytelling so that when the audience looks at it, they're like, yeah, I, I know, I understand that. I relate to that. Because the best dancers, skilled or non-skilled, are the ones that can make other people relate to them, right? Mm-hmm. So if you understand me and I, and I, you understand what I'm trying to say and I didn't have to physically say it in words, then I've done my job, right? I don't necessarily need 10 years of experience to like move a certain way just to make you smile it's fairly easy right you know like even my students like they'll see me do things and they're like okay we're gonna learn this complicated move now and then i'll do something else that's not a that's not a complicated move and they're still happy right and they're still like then that's when i get a laugh out of them when it's like i'm joking around right i'm just like nah and they're like yeah and then when i have to break down an actual complicated move then suddenly the room gets like really tense right like uh and that's just people getting in their own heads right but when you watch somebody dance there's just and and more importantly they're really like expressing themselves and more to the point allowing themselves to be vulnerable to you that's when it's like it's an incredible thing right and that's what a lot of people have difficulty getting to is allowing themselves to be vulnerable allowing themselves to kind of you know be be open and let people see what's inside where it's like what any artistic medium and anything in life that's the goal of it, right? Like we go through life building all these insecurities, right? We go through life having society and life tell us a whole bunch of things or make us think a whole bunch of things that we bury inside. And there's there has to be something to release that. Mm-hmm. There has to be something to either release that or to just let other people know that you're going through the same thing, right? Because we all get in our own heads that whatever our insecurities are, we're like the only ones going through it, right? And that that couldn't be possibly that that couldn't possibly be further from the truth. You know what I'm saying? So with me and dance and with my crew and my colleagues and everybody in the community and bond and in the whole world dance is our way to be vulnerable and to use that as an outlet of creative expression whether for anger happiness anything i i forgot all other adjectives for feelings but whatever right like um just as an outlet for creative expression to allow ourselves to to let go of anything we were going we're going through past present or future Mm-hmm. I like this piece about vulnerability because, mm-hmm. yeah, without that, you can almost tell there's a wall or that they're just like someone's just not really giving it their all or something, right? Like they're holding back mm-hmm. because, well, and I, like I coach figure skating as well. And um, so with skaters, same sort of thing. Like if they're trying to be the cool kid or if they're worried about their image or whatever it is if they have that wall up they're not fully immersed in it absolutely and expressing um i just think it's really interesting too because now with um like in sort of the self-help world there's brene brown and she's talking about courage and vulnerability and how um, we need to be vulnerable to connect to people Hmm. and to share what's going on for us and to help ourselves heal because without the vulnerability then we're just yeah trapped in our own mind thinking that we're the only one yeah yeah um so it's interesting that like dance could be a way of expressing that Mm -hmm. and then potentially unlocking something else outside of the dance class yeah exactly yeah and that's what i also try and like and let pe- and teach and let people know and because I, I teach such a wide range of ages right like at this point with with the all of my classes i teach age 11 to 99 right like yeah. my oldest student um at the rdb and she also takes my my dance with genie classes she's 74 right and yeah. she's she's out there like awesome. with more energy than me kind of thing right but the, the point i'm trying to make is even with that wide range like i i see the similarities in every age in regards to those that that can't let go right um 
with kids when they hit that like that age where they're starting to get really awkward right like you know they hit that 14 they're just like they think they're the center of the universe right not in a bad way just of like wanting to like hide in a shell kind of thing right yeah they walk in the room and like their shoulders are really crunched in and then the music like i play the music and it's suddenly the shoulders roll back and like for 60 minutes they're just so happy and i've seen kids like I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you next week. And the way they go from where they are in the studio towards the door, like, they go right back to that show, right? And there's others who don't, right? And who don't, and, and that moment can take them into more. Like you were saying in the beginning, like, you enjoy the class because you feel good for the rest of the day, right? Like, yeah. it's it's also a, a great way to to improve your general mood going forward in life, right? Um, and everybody really needs that. And I think that's why dance is so attractive to so many people is that, like, you know, stay healthy it's a physical thing blah, blah blah but there's a release with it that almost nothing else can really give you right like it's important to be physical your body needs to move that's number one priority in life right is, is to be active and it's something with 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 music and, and and visuals like because dance needs music and it needs community it needs all that it's stimulating all of your senses at the same time right so you're like you're just like <laughs> everything's happening right now and you're like wow like look at that and listen to this and oh let's feel that and then that right so like i i've seen it i've seen it change people over years for the better and and that's why like i'm hooked like i'm i'm so addicted to this just because of first of all obviously i, I know how it makes me feel and what it's done for me in my life but to see the impact on other people like i'm not going anywhere it's for the simple fact that if i can help somebody you know who just had an awful day they show up to my dance genie class and for an hour like it changes their day or whatever like that's why I keep doing it because now it becomes a bigger responsibility, not towards just like, oh, I want to promote hip hop culture and I want to make sure that everybody knows, you know, about the history of Africa, Mabata, went to Africa, no, 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 right? But more importantly, that I could like completely change your day for an hour and then going forward. That's like a huge responsibility that I take very seriously and that I, I really enjoy doing. So that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> and it's and it's it's so true because. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, I actually did the RWB class probably like three or four years ago. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, with my other friend Deirdre, we did that. And then um, my friend Alice had mentioned she was doing a hip hop class in January. And I was like, oh, I like hip hop. And, mm-hmm. like, and she sent me the link. I was like, oh, Jeannie's doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And uh, yeah, because like, yeah, you don't you don't end up thinking about anything else while you're yeah. dancing, right? Like yep. you have to be super present for it. Same same idea as yoga, but I would say even more so because you have to like there's lots you're learning and whatnot too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just like you just kind of leave on a high from from expressing whatever you needed to express and mm-hmm. get out there. Um, and I did have like classes where I felt great, and I was just like. Cause, Cause, I took your like second level class, yeah. which was like hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just learning all the choreography. Mm-hmm. Cause so we did like uh, two weeks of a of a routine, mm-hmm. and then the next two weeks it would be something different. Um, but it was more advanced choreo- choreography than I'm was used to. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, like a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, and the days that I was just like just letting myself be in it and not worry about anything and just try and be okay like n- not worried about what it looks like and not worried if i have it all right and just mm-hmm. like continue to move those mm-hmm. are the days that like 
I continued with that and, and kept that feeling. And then I had days where um, on the show, I talk about ego and intuition and ego is kind of like the, the inner critic. But mm. when, when those di- was, when that was particularly um, in my way or like loud certain days, then that's the day I couldn't follow the choreography, right? And then I'm just getting worse and worse and worse in my head where, and then I wouldn't take that out of the room. Mm. But it was like all internally. So it's the, so that's something I've noticed before about um, myself. And even like, like dancing at weddings or socials, like being willing to just dance and have fun and not worried about what people might think. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any, any tips on, on that? Because I, like, I know it's the same thing for anything you're doing, like public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're worried about what the crowd is thinking of you, you're not like that's taking up space in your current brain, yeah. your cur- like consciousness, and you don't have room for actually being present with what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. So growing up, when it got to a point where I was very conscious, uh, conscious that I was getting in my own head and, and developing serious insecurities and all that, I I realized something one day. I because <laughs> the sentence is always worried what people will think about you, right? Yeah. I've, like I've said that to, my, to myself several times, and I've heard countless of my students over the over the last ten years of teaching say that. Like I'm worried that people will judge me, right? And there's something I realized about people in society like a couple years ago we are drawn and like i realized this through through watching media through watching politics through watching art society itself and people are drawn to people who don't care about that right Mm -hmm. so as like as humans we're like but what if they judge me where if you go through life behaving without that fear that's when people actually gravitate towards you because then yeah. they're just like, oh, they're just like speaking your mind or they're just like living their best life kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, speak your truth and all this kind of thing, right? And that's kind of like where I realized as a performer, like if I allow myself to go there and and and, and perform it and, and teach my class in a way that it's like, I'm, I am who I am, right? And you're gonna hate it or love it or whatever, but this is who I am and you know what you're getting yourself into that's when I realized that like my classes were getting so much better, right? Mm-hmm. My programs were, were blowing up. My events were getting better. I was doing better in battles. I was smoking more people kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, and when, I was, when I'm on stage, whether it's with my group or, with my so- or doing a solo or, or battling, like a, doing a solo battle or whatever, that's when I started to hear even like, or feel the energy in the room change when people were watching me, right? And looking into the crowd and seeing the looks on their faces change over the years when I, when I mastered this concept of like, no, just go there, right? Like just just go off the grid and do anything that comes to mind and obviously in a respectful manner, don't like, you know, stop humping the ground or whatever, right? But like authenticity comes from when you let go of that and then that's when people actually gravitate towards you, right? Yeah. So it's just like you're saying, like, we, you know, you'll get in your own head, but once you get out of your head or you say like, it doesn't matter, that's when you start to truly have fun, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I've had conversations with students where just like, how can I do better at this? Like, how can I get, you know, noticed more? How can I get to the front row of my formation kind of thing? And I'm just like, what are you doing differently, <laughs> right? Like, are you, are, you, are you being vulnerable? Are you allowing yourself to let go? Or are you kind of holding back because you don't want to be judged, right? Because I guarantee you, the people that, 
like I'm talking about like let's say a professional audition, the situation that I'm judging or whatever. I'm looking for the person who's going to that next level place, right? Yeah. Like in class when you're when you're performing, like I'm I'm drawn to the person who has it, doesn't has it, but doesn't care both ways, right? They're just ready to just blah, here it is, whether I know it or not, right? And that's that's who my eyes will always just gravitate to. And I think that's in society, that's what we gravitate to. And that that goes in that goes into art, that goes into society, that goes into politics. We're looking at the way politics is right now. <laughs> the people that are in charge are people that's like they just speak their mind just and everybody super confident. exactly they're just like no matter what you're saying the fact that you don't skip a beat and you just move on you're like oh like yeah he talks like me you know now you're related to it because they don't care right so i mean they don't care like don't care is a strong word but just like allowing yourself to just be like yo this is me yeah. right so that way we're, we're not like like who is this person and we're like no like you be yourself unapologetically and then even better in the greater sense of life those people who understand it that's who will end up around you rather than yeah. like different algamations of different personalities and then just a conflict and all that right so like all the people that i teach the people in my life are all people that just like you know i'm fortunate enough to have just accepted who i am and who i'm going to be in class in dance in battles all that and now i don't really have anything to worry about anymore because i'm just like i can wake up and just be who everybody knows that i am and not worry about it and who you who you know you are and who yeah. i know i am yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so do you do you remember anything specific about like like was there a transition point where you did feel like you were holding back more and then you're like no I'm just going to I'm just going to be well, me and see what happens. Yeah, once I like I was hesitant <clears throat> when See this is the thing. Uh to go off topic even for a second in dance, no, because it was just always just so exciting to me, right? Yeah. And it was always just like I was just so in love with it that I just naturally did dumb things, right? Like, and with that, you know, people just enjoyed watching that and then I, yeah. that was it, right? I felt it more when I was in sports, surprisingly, right? Okay. Like, I played basketball all, all three years of, of high school, grade 10, 11, 12 at Glenn Collegiate and, you know, I was, uh, you know, like, for, for two out of those three years, I was a starting point guard and in that position, like, there's times where you need to kind of take over the game and I just never, ever had that, right? Like, I was always like, oh, but what if, but what if, but he's there, because it was just like, it just, sports just felt so constricting, right? Like, there was just so many patterns and rules and things you had to worry about and the coach drew up this plan and if I go left, he wanted me to go right, ah, like, right? So, I remember having constant, like, constant uh, conversations with my coaches about like, gee, just go, just go, just do it, just do it. I'm just like, uh, what if, right? Like, and then when I got when I went to dance, like first of all, there there wasn't obviously we have our, I have my coaches and my teachers and my mentors and leaders, but it was morally based on what I wanted to do with it, right? And what I wanted to do with it was have fun no matter what, right? Where in my in the, my previous life of sports, like I couldn't do whatever I wanted, right? Like it was part of a game plan kind of thing, right? So I felt that hesitation there. And going into dance and then seeing that difference between how I was in one thing and when the other thing, that's what made me realize, like, why was I doing that and the other thing? Like, if I play basketball now, now I'm the same way that I am in dance. I'm yeah. going, I'm doing whatever I want yeah. and, and looking for whatever needs to happen at that point, right? And then you're successful that way, right? So um, dance is what unlocked that mindset of, like, oh, I get it. Life isn't that serious, right? Like, um, so now everything else that I do in life, I come through with the same approach that I learned from dance. Right? Cool. So. Would you say, do you have like a, a dancing persona or, or like a alter ego or anything? Yeah. Um, so that's where the name comes in, Jeannie, okay, right? Yeah. So um, 
so my name's Eugene, and a cousin, my cousin, um, he's the one who first gave me the nickname Eugenie, right? And this was back when I was like 10, right? Um, and so my cousin Nathan, and uh, so he gave me that name because like he was always like telling me what to do like because i was i was like five years younger than him so he'd be like go get me this go do this go do this and that so because i'd bring it back he'd be like you grant my wish i'm gonna call you eugene <laughs> that, that was kind of how it started right um but then when i when i saw the movie aladdin like literally right the genie character in that film shout out to robin williams rest in peace um that persona that character that like like you ain't never had a friend like me right yeah. like i was addicted to that concept of like being someone in someone else's life that that person can go i don't know anybody like you <laughs> you know so that kind of as even as a kid made me want to stand out all the time and be unique in anything i was doing right so that's my persona when i'm dancing and when i'm teaching i first of all want to be unique i want to be different if you know as a hip hop dancer teacher i'm competing with the world right like hip-hop is the number one form of media and consumed like art form right now um so you know i'm a fish in a giant pond of other fishes right so what's going to make me stand out right being able to have people say i've never had a friend like you <laughs> i've never had a teacher like you i've never seen a dancer like you right so when i get on stage my persona is like is basically emulating the genie of aladdin right um and just like moving around like just like like, I just picture, like, the lamp and me kind of slicking out of it kind of thing, right? Like, um, one of my signature moves is, is like, the, the in a bottle. And that's actually, like, I, when I enter battles, I enter as in a bottle, right? Okay. And when I do that in, in, in Winnipeg, it's always a thing because the host will be like, can we get in a bottle? And they never know who it is for some reason. And then I come up, they're just like, oh, because I get it, right? Like, literally, like, the last <laughs> battle that we, that we, we, we threw in Steinbeck um, uh, last month, I entered as in a bottle, and the host... It was like, all right, can we get in a bottle to my left? And I got up, and he was like, oh, I get it, because it's Genie. And the DJ played Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, man, you messed up. I'm going to kill this. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? So it's just like things like that, right? And, and so my persona in dance is, is, is very much based on the name that I have, which is based off of like the Genie from Aladdin, of just like being an absolute character at all times, right? So, yeah. Cool. Never told that story before, actually. So that's the first. It's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk choreography? Mm -hmm. Where Where does your inspiration come from? What does your process look like? How do you How do you choreograph? Word. Um, so the answer to that question is I don't know. Well, I think that's a good place as any to pause the interview for today. Jeannie's such a captivating guy to listen to, isn't he? It was hard for me to form questions because I kept getting lost in his stories. In part two of the interview, Jeannie tells us about his creative process, what he's learning, acting on TV sets, and he opens up to us about a performance art form he's been dying to try, but hasn't worked up the courage to do so yet. So maybe we can help motivate him. To find out more about his dance classes and hip hop events, go to dancewgenie.com so that's like dancewithgenie.com so d-a-n-c-e-w-g-e-n-i-e.com and to follow genie on instagram he is at genie boss turning yourself up means dialing into who you are and letting you out in all directions the way genie describes stepping up in a hip-hop battle that right there that's him turning himself up 
what area of life do you need to turn yourself up in? I don't know if the grammar works, but whatever, it's my business name. Today's guest is, whoa, that's the microphone, Layla. That's the second time you've knocked it over. 